0: Okay, so we're joined here today by two of the Bamboo Learning Execs, uh, Irina Fine and Ian Freed. So Irina, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Um, I'm Irina Fine. I'm co-founder and head of content at Bamboo. Um, I guess I spent most of my career or the whole career in education, um, started in my 20s and uh, Three decades in uh, teaching and learning, product development in both classroom curriculum and um, EdTech products. And uh, uh, a few years ago, which I used to say one year ago, now it's two years ago, now it's over two years ago, um, Ian and I got together and uh, he introduced me to voice technology. I had no idea about Alexa devices or anything. And uh, um, it's fascinating to work in this area because I think the potential for learning is huge.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So um, Ian, you've been on the podcast before. Great to have you back. Uh, share a little bit about who you are and maybe um, a little bit of a backstory on how you and Irina uh, met and and kind of formed Bamboo uh, and and have brought it to this point.
2: Uh, absolutely. Well, th- thanks again, Dave, for having me back on the podcast. I guess that means I didn't completely fumble uh, the, first, uh, the first carry on the podcast. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's yeah, it's great to be here. I'm Ian Freed, uh, co-founder and CEO of Bamboo Learning. And uh, I have been in the tech world pretty much my whole career, uh, many years at Amazon, um, and actually ran uh, Alexa and Echo. And um, they just had their uh, new product announcements recently. So that'll, that's kind of fun. Maybe we have Three minutes to talk about that on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I'm uh,
0: sure we can weave some of that. That'd be
2: fun. Um, But uh, anyway, um, so Irina and I actually met uh, in the early 1990s. Uh, I had a startup back then that was a technology consulting company, and um, she uh, was born and raised in uh, the former Soviet Union. And uh, my business actually had a, a pretty large set of projects. Uh, that kept growing actually. But when I first met Irina, it was in Moscow and, um, she was actually brought by a friend, um, who we were supposed to hire, but the friend decided to take another job and instead brought Irina to the interview and said, well, I'm not going to work for you, but maybe you'd like to hire Irina. Um, Very
1: Russian, very not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, we were a little bit nonplussed, but, um, but we were incredibly lucky because, uh, you know, on that first day, um, uh, my uh, head of technology and head of the Moscow office and I all interviewed Irina, and we thought, "Wow, she's, you know, super smart. Um, certainly knows English and Russian." Little did um, we know, and and you know, it's many now, many years ago, but um, Irina was one of the folks uh, you encounter in your career. Every so often, who no matter what the job is, um, she'll do it, do it extremely well very quickly, and then ask what else she can do. <laughs> and that probably happened um, every two to three months. Uh, and we kept giving um, Irina more and more challenging work. So she went from translator, receptionist, kind of do everything as, as people come in the door to office manager to finance manager to assistant director to acting director um over the course of a, just a couple of years and um, in addition to being uh work colleagues uh for you know several years back then uh, we got to be really good friends um it turns out actually uh one of the people who interviewed uh, Irina um is now Irina's husband so uh Uh, Eric was one of my first hires from the US. And so Eric and Irina and I have been friends for for many decades. And I think probably in some ways the bamboo story goes back maybe five years ago, the three of us had dinner in Brooklyn, might even be six years ago. And I think Irina and I just thought, well, it would be really fun to work together again. And we didn't know how or why or where, you know, if. Um, but then, um, you know, Irina, as she said, has been uh, a leader in education for many years, and I've always been very interested in it, um, and uh, and so, when I left Amazon and was sort of toying with what to do next, um, I thought it would be really fun to start building applications uh, for Alexa, and um, because I think of my interest in education, um, I thought, well, who knows what this will turn out to be, but let's let's just go work on an app together. And that's all it was in the beginning. And so again, we met in Brooklyn, um, I think at a brew pub or something. Uh, my sons were there. Uh, if my sons were there, it was definitely a brew pub because they're in their 20s. So that was what they wanted to do. But Arena met us there. Um, I kind of explained uh, Alexa and Echo how it worked. Um, and we thought well let's let's just try to build a project together and we kind of played around with bamboo math um, but it wasn't we didn't know what would make it special we kind of figured that out later but Irina um, also among other things uh, was trained in music uh, classical music and classical music performance and so she had the idea to come up with bamboo music which was actually the first product we ever shipped so that was um, that's how we started and sure enough, uh, we remembered how fun it was to work together and it is, it, maybe because we're both a little more seasoned, it's even more fun now because, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we've both come a long way in our career, uh, we enjoy each other, respect each other and we, we come up with really fun ideas by collaborating. So. <laughs>
1: And I also think we're passionate about the same area now. So, I mean, the early nineties, it was a job. This is, this feels like more than a job. So it's, a.
0: It's great. I love that. I mean, there's so many things about U2 and bamboo that, I uh, that, that really, I think are magnetic about the, the really the voice ecosystem in general. Um, there really is a, there's an energy to it that, um, it does kind of draw you in and what i find so interesting is you know not only do you have this um you know 30 plus year relationship that um you know you've found a way to sort of create like this second coming of it and and finding a new way to work together but Um, You know, what I find so fascinating about Bamboo is that you are such a good representation of, I think, where the really big potential is for this space. And it's like you said, Ian, um, it's building on top of Alexa as a platform or Google Assistant as a platform. So I thought that, you know, before we go into really the meat and potatoes of today's conversation, which is going to be the update um, that you all just issued, um, I thought that, you know, while I have both of you on here... I would love to share, you know, in your own words, how you sort of built Bamboo to this point. And then we can segue from that into the update and in sort of this next evolution, um, framing it under the pretext of like, th- this is, I think, one of the first iterations of what we're gonna likely see, which is real, uh, you know, very complex, very robust, um, skills that are built on top of these platforms.
2: Yeah. Um, maybe I can kick it off and arena, you can certainly add a lot, um, on this question. So, uh, I mean, our goal with bamboo learning, um, really was to use these voice platforms, whether Alexa or Google assistant, or, you know, maybe even some others will come along, um, to, uh, Enable a way for kids to learn that's a little bit different than they're typically used to. And that is because it's voice driven. And so, um, you know, if you think about it, uh, kids are interacting using their voice at a really early age. I mean, two year olds can talk and they certainly can't, you know, write or um, spell or things like that. But um, so, you know, talking is a very natural way for kids to interact. And, and you know, in, during my time at Amazon, uh, we certainly saw that, that the very passionate um, users of of Alexa in the early days were kids. They, you know, they would ask Alexa to tell them a joke and, and they kind of learned what Alexa could do and couldn't do um, through trial and error. And maybe we're a little more patient um, than adults in some some ways. Um, but, you know, from the beginning, we felt like it. Uh, voice platforms are just another computing platform, just like mobile, just like the Internet, just like um, back in the early, earlier sort of PC days of computing, what were known as GUI interfaces, graphical user interfaces. Um, every time there's a kind of change in technology, uh, there's an opportunity to to be really creative with that technology and not just do the, you know, set my alarm or, um, you know, I remember in the early days of computing, like doing a calculator on a PC was a big deal. Well, think of how sophisticated computers and, and mobile apps are now. Well, our, our thinking was that um, voice platforms would be another avenue for huge um, innovative creativity uh, in applications that would be really important for people. And it just so happens that, you know, our favorite people uh, for starting Bamboo tend to be young people and, you know, as young as four or five, uh, and that's really what we're targeting, four to five on up to maybe 11 or 12. We have a few apps that are for, you know, older kids and adults, but right now, especially, and especially with kids um, at home from school and still in many parts of the country, uh, we think our applications are just perfect for them. And uh, so the interactions are long. They can be five, 10 minutes on the low end all the way up to 30 or 40 on the high end. So that's all I wanna say about that. And Irina, you should jump in for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, when it comes to education, the importance of interaction and kids Hearing as many words as they can. I mean, that has been proven that that's the basis for, you know, school success, career success. And voice gives you that opportunity to um, interact, to listen, to, as Ian mentioned, without being able to read or write, you can actually process information, do a bit of an analysis, and form your own thoughts and express them. So um, in the recent events, I think highlighted this need for a new ed tech tool that allows younger kids to work independently, you know, without having to know how to switch from one window to another and land on the wrong screen most of the time. Um, So they can actually do it without their parents be engaged. Um, another thing that voice offers, I feel that is currently missing, it's following spoken directions with no other online tools, you can do this. And in the classroom, that's part of the daily process. But right now, when everybody's out of the classroom, voice is pretty much the only tech that can, you know, em- emulate that. Um, so that for language development, I think any application as a general um, uh, basis, it's a great uh, tool to boost your language skills
0: and so take me back to this night that you were in brooklyn at the brew pub um (laughs) and you know i I'm, i'm just curious like what were the light bulb moments for you like obviously ian you came from the world of amazon and so you probably saw the potential here early on but what was it about education in particular and obviously Irina's background being so education focused um was there something that you saw Ian, from the voice standpoint and then combined with uh, Arena's subject matter expertise in education that you may that that really clicked and you said there's a lot of potential here
2: yeah i i mean i'm not sure it's any one thing um a lot of times innovation happens when you start seeing a number of uh trends if you will that that can um Potentially come together and to create something new. Uh, one that um, is definitely attractive about voice technology is that it's really inexpensive. And I think our passion and our belief, both of us, is that anyone and everyone should have access to the same education. And you know, certainly in the U.S. today, that's just—it's not the reality. Um, it's unfortunate, and and that is where we are. And so I think at some level, both of us felt like um, being able to offer this really innovative way to learn um, that that is not complicated, that where, you know, kids can literally just say, um, Alexa, open bamboo math, and they can be working on math lessons in, you know, in seconds, or Alexa, open bamboo books, and they can be listening to a story and uh, engaging in reading comprehension. Um, and then our new one, of course, um, we'll talk about that bamboo English. It's its about language arts. But so the accessibility, so, you know, devices, um, depending on whether you get them used or new or whatever, they can be as low as $20. Um, that's a pretty eye-opening um, world for someone who, uh, may not be able to buy lots of books, you know, every week. Um, if they can, through that twenty dollars device, get access to lessons that um, help them reinforce what they're learning in school, or, you know, in this world, it may be the best way for some kids to learn because um, they don't have to sit in front of a screen with a keyboard. So, um, so I think it's the accessibility, the it's kind of that low low price point. Um, the uh the, I, I do think that that kids just loved voice devices. I mean usually, you know it's kind of um w- why why build something uh, on a voice device? well, it's it's where kids were headed. I mean, and I do think actually that Siri kind of started it. I mean, you, you've definitely seen, Uh, parents with kids who hand over their phone and the kids are using Siri. I mean, it's happening, I think a little last after smart speakers came on board, but um, kids are learning it so early. So, you know, I I think our belief is um, everyone will use a lot more voice devices, voice applications in more and more different environments in a much more natural way than ever happened even two or three years ago on a going forward basis. So it's inexpensive, accessible, on the one hand, kids love it, on the other hand. And I think the third one for both of us is that, you know, education is I mean, it's related to the first but there's, there are gaps in our education system that are pretty significant. Um, and uh, I think that one thing that we we almost d- don't think of it as. It's almost like yeah, of course we do that. It's the self-paced learning. Like everything we do is self-paced, and I think um, that's the advantage of that. Is if you're uh, struggling to catch up, we'll go. You know, in school, we'll go at the pace that you can go in Bamboo Math or Bamboo Books. On the other hand, if you're going really fast, we'll keep giving you harder and harder problems and you don't have to like get a different book off the shelf or load a different piece of software. It's all in the same app. Um, and even more to the point now with Bamboo English, um, and you know, it's a sneak preview in terms of what we're gonna talk about later, but let's say you're really good at spelling. Well, that's one of the features in Bamboo English, but maybe you're not as good in um, vocabulary Well, you can go as fast as you want you know you might start out um in kindergarten spelling and you zoom through and you're in second grade spelling um but vocabulary you're just it's harder and so you just have to spend more time on it so that's fine Um, so i guess i would say those three things accessibility through the low cost passion that kids have for voice devices and us wanting to do something um to allow kids to be really excited about their learning because it's geared toward them through through that self-paced mechanism. I for me those are the three. Irina might have so, some of those and some others. So
1: it's uh basically it's uh the opportunity to bring high volume of high quality educational, you know, instruction into the homes of those who otherwise would not have access to it is basically what I find that's what drives, I think, um, me in that whole endeavor. And it's self-paced, it's also self-directed. So you see kids being empowered. Um, they're empowered and they also, they're not inhibited and there are no fears of being judged by teachers or peers. So I see kids going a lot further with the voice technology and trying harder new things. Um, kids who otherwise would shut down in a more traditional environment. So that's super um, um, interesting and fascinating to see.
0: Yeah, I love those three sort of pillars that you outline there. And I think um, this whole idea about learning at your own pace is that's a really intriguing thought to me and what comes to mind here, obviously, like you mentioned, Ian, this is really appealing to kids. From a number of different reasons. What has been the reception um, from parents and teachers around bamboo and um, have you had teachers that advocate for bamboo on your behalf that say you know this is a great tool or teachers, I mean or parents curious about those two.
2: Do you want to take those arena it's kind of Uh, sure.
1: We hear uh, parents feedback is super encouraging Um, they see their kids loving it they see their kids um, learning something that later translates into school success directly. Uh, We heard specific feedback um, with kids working with bamboo books and um, working on comprehension questions and then sitting with a worksheet and basically being able to do the worksheet faster than they were before they worked with the uh, bamboo books app so that's super encouraging um since march we had teachers and librarians recommending our skills to parents because everybody is looking for variety right and Mm -hmm. a little bit to reduce the screen time as much as they can and wherever they can do it so um We don't have direct links to schools yet, um, but we definitely have teachers and librarians um, and even pediatricians recommending um, it to parents to basically um, get away from the screen, take a break, be active, um, be engaged and interact.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, what's interesting about this is that Uh, I imagine with bamboo math, for example, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I'm envisioning this is that, you know, if I'm a little boy, I'm sitting there and I have my notebook out and I'm sort of following along, writing the math problems out as Alexa's guiding me through them. And then I'm able to sort of on my own time solve those problems. Is that kind of how that works?
2: You know, I think there's probably some of that. Uh, The other issue with math is um in some ways it goes back to the way i was taught math but uh, some, not entirely but an element of it which is if you can do math in your head mm-hmm. it, it, i think that's a real test of how well you know it so gotcha. i actually think the audio like we have a great video on our site um which is it, it's an example of uh, a little girl who i think is four Um, and in this case, she's using it on fire TV cube. So there's a big screen in front of her. Um, but the problem is, you know, what's three plus two and at four years old, you know, arena, correct me if I'm wrong, but like most kids haven't been taught arithmetic yet, Mm -hmm. So she does exactly what you would expect. She sees three objects on one part of the screen. As the narration says, you know, there's three lemons. I, I don't think it's lemons, but you know, you have three lemons. And you see her go, and she even says the words like three, and then we give you two more lemons, and she goes two, one, two, three, four, five, and she she counts, yeah, and that's exactly how addition works, right? And so you know she's not she's clearly not writing it down, mm-hmm. but she's doing the mental exercise at a very young age that um, you expect younger kids to do. Um, I think, you know, as we get into uh, multiplication and division and things like that, um, some of the visuals also reinforce um, what kids are learning. But, you know, a classic thing that we all learn in school is the times tables. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not like as an adult, if you can do times tables in your head. Um, it's so much of a shortcut to sort of solving everyday problems than if you have to write everything down and like, you you know, so I think, I think we're taking advantage of that notion that particularly for math, that if you practice and practice and practice and hear it different ways, sometimes as a word problem, sometimes as a number problem, um, You'll master it in a way that's a little bit different than if you were only working on a workbook. I think for the other skills, you know, Irina certainly has uh, the background to talk about about that for things like reading comprehension, etc. But um, so I, d- I I think it's less likely to be that you're following along writing it down than you're processing and yeah. It for math, for other ones maybe.
1: And for lower levels, I think for harder mm-hmm. problems, yes, that's the wh- whatever you have to write down when you get to division and uh, uh, more complex problems, that's probably the best. But we don't we try to leverage voice and rely on voice as much as we can um, without requiring kids to go and get a pen and pencil. Basically,
0: Right. That's interesting. So to recap, you have bamboo math. You have bamboo reading comprehension. Um, you have uh, bamboo music, correct? Um, yeah. what, and then obviously, we're going to talk about the newest one, bamboo English. What Did I miss one? A uh, couple more. So, actually, the reading comprehension one is called bamboo books.
2: Okay. So, bamboo math, bamboo books, bamboo music, you mentioned bamboo luminaries, uh, which That's is right. really uh, social studies or kind of history type uh application and and that's where we uh give you information and quizzes about historically important people and some of them are extremely well known and and i think we would argue all of them should be known yeah um and many i didn't know and i'm still learning but so that's a that's another fun one uh, and that's and then, on
1: alexa and google that's, that's the right one.
2: That's, yeah. that's on google as well as alexa um, and then Highlights Storybooks uh, from Bamboo, which is the collaboration with Highlights Magazine or you know, Highlights for Children is the publisher. And that's another uh listening and reading comprehension one. And then of course Bamboo English, which we're extremely excited about. Uh, you yeah. wanna start talking about that? Yeah,
0: let's go. All right, let's, well, let's share, let's, share the news. Let's do it.
2: So uh we you know really listened to a lot of our customers. Um both kids and parents, uh, particularly as uh, the the, the pandemic started to create challenges for families. And and we got a lot of feedback from customers, in this case, parents saying, you guys really saved me because, you know, my kids uh, were trying to do school from home. This is like March, April. We're trying to do school from home. I have to work from home. I'm on a conference call. My kids are interrupting me. And now I can just say, you know what, go try bamboo math for 20 minutes or half an hour, or go listen to a story and you know use bamboo books. And so we listened to that and we thought about it and we thought, okay, well, um, what do kids learn in school that is really important and that both is important for their future and, um, and parents are, are concerned about? And we have math, so that one's you know covered. Although we have some fun plans for the future for that one too. Um, but the one that we really had only covered a small slice of in the reading comprehension is the, the field more broadly known as English English language. Excuse me, English language arts. And um, English language arts uh, encompasses many different skills. Um, spelling, phonics, grammar, vocabulary, uh, as well as listening comprehension. And so we thought, well, what if we could teach all of those and put it all in one Alexa skill? Uh, and so we came up with Bamboo English and it actually has 60,000 different exercises, which if you think about it, that is a tremendous, tremendous amount of content. Yeah. Um, and so our goal And I really do want to turn this over to arena. Our goal was to offer something for kids kindergarten through fifth grade. And again, they can be self-paced, but they could start, you know, if they're four or five or six years old, they could start in kindergarten. They could start in sort of the equivalent of what they would learn in September in kindergarten and covering all those different areas, those five different areas, vocabulary, grammar, et cetera and progress through the entire year learning as fast as they can or at whatever pace they can. And if they stayed with us through fifth grade, they could actually learn all of their English language arts curriculum um, using bamboo English. And it can also be used to reinforce what they're learning in school. But right now, especially when the tools are not available or are very complicated, or require logins, or parents who are supposed to be working to sit with their kids. Right now, it's especially useful and important for families. So I do, you know, Irina, you should really jump in and explain how the exercises work in Bamboo English. Uh, but that's kind of that's the high level. Um, is uh, sixty thousand exercises. I will say that it's our first subscription offer, so you actually get. Ten thousand of the sixty thousand for free, which is still a tremendous amount of content, um, but it's really unit one out of six for all those different areas, all the grades, all that stuff. So you can be in fourth grade and start at unit one for free, no problem, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you get a ton of content for free. And the subscription price is pretty low; it, it's five ninety nine a month, um, and you know it's a it's a huge amount of curriculum. So, Irina, jump in.
1: Well, another new thing that you forgot to mention is that um, it can be set for several children within the same family, so up to six. So then each child can work um, independently and we track their progress independently. So if there's a first grader and a fourth grader, they can work on two different uh, set of materials, basically. Um, And we, so Ian mentioned, uh, we broke it down. We basically took a standard um, English language arts curriculum and um, um, extracted everything that is super adaptable to voice and um, bucketed it into four areas, uh, phonics, spelling, vocabulary, and grammar. And then the listening comprehension component we already had, we just uh, put our stories um, in that component. And the exercises are, again, it's super fun and super engaging for kids. So phonics is based um, um, around rhyming words because that's, the way kids start learning about what sounds letters make, and it's basically a game. Um, we ask questions in different ways, whether one word rhymes with another word, and then we would read a sentence uh, like "glue was stuck to her shoe," and we ask kids to identify which words rhyme. Um, spelling, uh, we go with you know high frequency words to uh, irregular spelled irregularities irregularities. Uh, spelled words um we're getting can't speak anymore um and we already heard feedback from parents that they love the spelling one because again we ask uh different questions we ask what's the is the first letter in the word kitten k or l and then they can identify first letter last letter uh whether the word is uh spelled correctly uh kids love spotting mistakes so we would spell something incorrectly and we would ask is that spelled like this? And they would say, no. Um, Grammar, we cover um, parts of speech. So um, noun, verb, adjective, and then it goes up. um, You start with a noun and in fourth grade, you would be looking at comparative degrees of adverbs and adjectives um, and punctuation. So everything that kids typically learn in their grammar units um, is covered in there. And vocabulary voice basically allows you to acquire and build your vocabulary, because it's so easy. We would ask synonyms, antonyms, or the definitions. Um, and again, we are stuck with our approach that you can ask with one word, you could ask with, you know, answer um, longer phrases. Um, and I think it's a super engaging and new. It's definitely innovative. I don't think anybody else is offering anything like this uh, yet. But as you mentioned, Dave, it, that's where it's going, right? It's the comprehensive it's a platform that is able to accommodate that type of interaction, and uh, uh, and we're planning to you know deepen and expand and uh, bring it to other areas, um, academic areas as well.
0: Well, what I, what's I, fascinating? Can oh, I, can can I, go I go jump
2: ahead, in yeah. on on one thing because I think it's, uh, Irina's example is excellent on the grammar one with parts of speech. We read a sentence and we say. What's the verb or what's the adjective? And I actually think voice uh, or the audio experience of listening to a sentence. I think if we all think back on our years, you know, that we're kind of that K through five years, I do think a lot of times it's actually easier when you hear the sentence, you know, the boy rode to the store what's the verb. Sometimes it's actually like, you know it in your head and you don't, it might actually be exercising different parts of your brain to, to hear it and identify that road is the verb versus seeing it written down in a workbook and identifying it. So I think it's a very unique, you know, Irina's point that we're the only ones doing that
0: too. I think she's, that's right. Because I was going to ask is like um, this type of learning, uh, you know, really auditory oriented. um, Can you speak to that? You know, I don't I don't know much about the way in which our brains learn, you know, at a young age like that. But it's you're nodding your head as if there's a lot to this.
1: Yes. Typically, the best is auditory and visual combined because one reinforces the other. But the auditory is definitely less present everywhere. At school, it's basically impossible to do one-on-one interaction. It's a lecture. It's more passive. So I think one um, uh, huge benefit of voice is it's active, right? What Ian described, looking at a worksheet and trying to find a verb, that's a relatively passive thing that involves part of your brain. You're not listening and processing. Um, You're not, basically, you're parts of your brains are not interacting. Here, you need to listen, process, and then formulate your response and speak it, right? So it's a lot more complicated process and um, it basically fires out more neurons than if you are just looking at a piece of paper. And another thing we didn't mention is immediate feedback. Also, the worksheet is not gonna give you immediate feedback, voice would. What we would say, not quite, and if you don't get it twice, get a mini lesson we would explain what a verb is and then we ask you to try again again there's no worksheet that can do this um so the immediate feedback and the process the engaging of different parts of the brain is definitely unique to voice technology and the younger you start the more i mean basically the better outcomes we can't wait to study like to measure the outcomes um which we will hopefully do soon but again it's new and uh, nobody has done the study yet.
0: Well, speaking of outcomes, I know, Ian, going back to the last conversation that we had on the podcast, one of the things that really stuck out in my mind was the analytics piece, and uh, going off of what I said earlier about, like, parents reception, teachers perception, or reception, um, it seems like the, you know, along with having live, uh, you know, it's an active way to learn, and you get that instant feedback. I think that it's also probably really important from a learning standpoint to have the um, you know the parents oversight into like where are my child's um, where are they excelling and where are the spots that maybe they need uh, a little bit more support? And so have you found that um, that to be an, an area that is uh, being well received within the parents of the students that are using bamboo?
2: Yeah, I'd say, uh, in general, um, the, um, the, the feature we have for all of our products, actually, I think, except for music, is um, the parents can sign up for something we call the Bamboo Grove, and the Grove is the parent's dashboard. And so what that means is, you know, we've we've made it uh, no longer a requirement for the parent to sit with the child while they're doing the work which is a huge relief to the parents, but they have the option to sign up and it's completely free, uh, sign up for bamboo Grove. You basically get an account from us and then you can go in later, you know, maybe the kids are asleep at that point, you have a quiet moment and you can see how, you know, especially with bamboo English, how each of your different children are doing, um, by looking at the bamboo Grove on, on a PC or, you know, on a, on a laptop or desktop. And you can see maybe your fourth grader is doing really well on spelling, getting to unit three or four, um, but struggling in vocabulary. Whereas your first grader, um, you know, has used uh, bamboo English every single day. Um, they're doing great with grammar, great with phonics, but um, spelling's tricky. And so you can take that information and then as a parent, you're empowered to decide what to do. Do you talk to the teacher and say, hey, you know, can you help um, our daughter work on spelling Um, or uh, do you decide, oh, um, I'm going to just practice spelling with my child or you know, just have them keep spending more time working on bamboo and, um, and keep working on it. And you can see the potential improvement. So I, I think bamboo grove, uh, it has been well received. Um, the fun thing about it is there's just more and more we can keep adding to it. One of the things we've talked about is, should you empower a parent to actually send the report to a teacher using email, you know, just click on this and say, send to, you know, fourth grade teacher, boom, done. Uh, it's not a feature yet, uh, but it's the type of thing that that we certainly could do. Um, so, you know, just giving parents, Irina gave me this this uh, feedback early on in the company. Too many applications that are available um, don't give kind of that relatively instant feedback to parents. They don't. A parent can't see, oh. My son did great on all of his math, but when it got to word problems, even though they were the same level, they couldn't do the word problems. Like parents don't get to see that level of granularity. And with Bamboo Grove, you definitely can. So um, that's what we think has been really helpful to parents. And there's plenty more for us to do there.
0: Yeah, I guess, um, you know, what's really cool about you two and Bamboo in general is that, um, you know, you've... You, you, Ian, have, I think, really identified, like, here are different ways that we can utilize this technology, and then Irina is saying that, um, you know, This would actually be a really beneficial way the instant feedback, the emphasis on auditory learning. And the other thing that I think is so cool is that, you know, just even in the span of the last uh, four months or so since we last talked, Ian, you know, you guys have rolled out like this huge new update. Um, And that gives me a lot of hope because it just seems like you're really just scratching the surface of, of what's possible here. I mean, you hinted at more ways that you could bring teachers on board, you know, with this idea. And uh, I'm just curious, I mean, you know, whether it be, we haven't even gotten into, uh, you know, Alexa presentation language and APL and like with the advent of, I mean, I saw, you know, with just the new Alexa event today, you had, you know, those little spherical echo dots for kids. So probably going to be more adoption there. And then also, and more sophisticated smart displays. So it it seems like the technology is just going to keep advancing to allow for interesting new ways that you can kind of take bamboo in different directions. Um, what, what are the things that get you guys really excited about, you know, without giving away any secrets of, of <laughs> what's to come or anything like that? Um, I'm just curious, like, where do you kind of see more potential here with regard to what you've already built and then like how you can kind of like going off of what you said about um teachers and connecting them to uh you know with the parents and the data that's being found there um to me this just all seems like if you enable children to independently learn at their own pace that can yield um, just some really awesome benefits and the question that i keep coming back to in my mind is like What more can you do here from this perspective?
2: Yeah, I I mean, I guess um, the thing we've really done with bamboo English uh, in some ways better than any other uh, product we've released so far is tie the curriculum quite explicitly to what kids are learning in school in kindergarten through fifth grade. And so we've done that in English. Um, we haven't been as explicit in bamboo math, uh, but we know that that's something we need to work on. So we think that that um, is probably an area of opportunity for us. And then I would say in some of the other, um, areas that we've either developed or have thought about, I mean, ultimately, why shouldn't, uh, a child be able to learn anything that they would learn either in school or after school uh with bamboo's products like that should be that should be our goal
0: what What do you think arena like what are the things that you're that that obviously this is something you're really passionate about but what elements of this do you think like can can really be expanded upon
1: i definitely agree with Ian the comprehensive menu of options um For me, too, when I started looking at Bamboo English and kind of I presented it to our head of engineering, he looked at me and said, oh, that's a lot. And we (laughs) built it, right? So it's you start somewhere. So I think uh, covering core areas uh, that kids learn and then offering all the after school, the music, the music theory that we already have and building on that and adding maybe other. Um, fun activities. And what you mentioned, connecting, I think having this uh, technology at home, but allowing kids to reinforce and take their learning further, connecting classroom with home is very important because um, there's definitely the the need for that link has been identified long Mm -hmm. ago. Um, It needs to be either put in place, reinforced or strengthened wherever it exists because then you have communication between school and homes. And now uh, parents are basically looking at education in new ways, right? They have to figure out how to handle it because it might be that the way we're used to it is never coming back the same way, at least Mm -hmm. some changes I think are gonna be great. And uh, um, having this voice technology with clear learning capabilities at home will help that link. And we just need to make sure the teachers are familiar with the technology and understand what it can do. And then kind of my hope that it's that is at some point it will get integrated into the homework, so to speak. You learn this at school, go practice at home, and then Mm -hmm. parents can basically send the growth results back to the teacher. And it's very easy for the teacher to interpret what those mean. So I think the link um, between classroom and home is very important and my hope that the bamboo will help strengthening it.
0: Yeah, I think that's fascinating. I love that idea of the link. And like you said, I mean, I just keep going back to like my own childhood and um, homework was, I feel like the biggest drawback with traditional homework was always that it left, uh, it created way too much um, of the potential for kids to fall behind. For whatever reason, you might've just not been the type of kid that, was focused and had the attention span and before you knew it, the, all of the time in the class felt wasted because you weren't comprehending anything because you, you'd lost track of, of everything. And so this whole idea of, I think, being able to learn on your own time, having that immediate feedback, um, and then also being able, like Ian mentioned, um, parents don't necessarily need to sit with their kids, but they can still kind of have the same byproduct of seeing the results and seeing, okay, where are the deficiencies um, that that we need to reinforce? Um, And so it seems like the huge opportunity for you all is, um, I think, with schools uh, to recognize that these types of tools, and especially as accessible as they are. you know, you can almost imagine schools outfitting the kids with the Echo Echo dots um, as part of the, you know, the tuition, or even if it's a public school, you know, grants or something like that. But there just seems to be a lot of really positive factors in aggregate, um, and you know, obviously. I always say this when talking about this technology. It's such a young technology, and to already see so much utility being derived from it, um, I think it speaks volumes to where this technology will be in even two to three years from now, and what you'll be able to do with it. Yeah, I think that that
2: absolutely makes uh, a lot of sense. The uh, I, it it is interesting that on the on the teacher front. Um, we uh, we've just started working with a group that I've known for many years uh, called the technology access foundation. And they're kind of an interesting um, nonprofit. And what they do is they actually run public schools uh, in a kind of um, joint operating agreement with the school district. So they're not a charter. Some, you know, some people are like, Oh, they're a charter. No, they're actually not a charter. They're a nonprofit. um, And they, um, they essentially reach agreement with individual school districts. But uh, they're actually gonna be piloting this program that we also announced recently called Everyone Learns. And that goes right to arenas in my passion, which is kids who can't afford this should be able to get it. And so we're working on getting uh, low co- really devices um, through grants uh, for free to families in need and also our subscription um, through grants and, and us reducing uh, the price for families in need. Um, the grant will entirely pay for it. Uh, but anyway, the technology access foundation, we we did some early demos of how bamboo English worked with them. And they said exactly what arena said, which is, it will be great for our teachers. One of the other things they do is they train every, every teacher who works in their schools, but, um, if their teachers could ask the kids to go to particular units in bamboo English or any of our other products. um, so that, you know, on a Tuesday in October, the teacher knows they're covering adjectives. Mm -hmm. And so they can ask the kids, okay, go open bamboo English and ask for this unit and you can work on adjectives and then, you know, come back, Um, Now, we're not there yet to be able to allow them to ask for that specific um, exercise. But actually, when we were testing, we enabled that for ourselves. So we just have to think through just what's the voice interaction that would make it easy for a child to say, oh, you know, because there's with 60,000 different exercises, even though they're categorized. Making that really easy for a kid is is one of the things we just need to think through, but, you know, we think we have a reasonably good way to probably do that. So then even better, the teacher can say, yeah, kind of like turn to textbook, you know, at home, read textbook, chapter three, pages 10 to 15 and chapter four pages 28 to 38. Well, in this case it'd be like, go home, try bamboo English units, this, this, and this. Do bamboo math units, this and this, you know.
1: And it's a voice guiding you, so they can't get lost.
2: That's right. So, uh, so that's another area that um, we think is very promising. So, I do think that as we um, get more and more uh, kind of feedback from teachers and schools, um, that that feedback loop between teacher potentially assigning work student doing the work and parents actually seeing the results in that feed and which can go back to the teacher if there's an area for development that feedback loop actually is something schools are very passionate about and really i mean Irina can certainly uh vouch for this but my experience as a parent is if you're lucky it happens once a year during a parent teacher conference maybe twice a year. Yeah. But then, you know, it could be like 4 months after the child was really str- I mean, I guess in the cases where kids are really struggling, most teachers will be like, "Hey, look, you know, Johnny or Isaiah or it's usually a boy who's having the problem." Um, no. So, they need to they need to uh spend some more time on their spelling or what, you know, if it's a big issue, usually that's covered. But a lot of times, you know, that's it's that big middle of the class that they're not struggling they're not blitzing ahead but are they doing everything they could be well if there was a tight feedback loop even like nightly
1: yeah
2: you know probably realistically parents might look at it weekly but that's pretty pretty that's something we can enable
1: yeah but i think that's also one of the positive outcomes that's going to come out of this pandemic because the teachers are now in touch with parents for the mm. first time by yeah. Me, by necessity. Mm-hmm. But if that continues, that will, that thing will change with the no feedback and the no loop. So that's there's hope that this actually will bring a positive change in that.
0: That's a really interesting point. And the way that I keep thinking about it is that if I can understand where those deficiencies lie, it goes to that whole thought of like one-on-one teaching. Like I feel like the teachers then are so much more well-informed about what that one-on-one should be like um and i feel like that's what's really interesting about this tool is that it allows for you to sort of capture that and create those profiles if you will of of where the learning um you know wh- where the learning behaviors are awesome cool. well cool well you guys uh, this has been awesome i love hearing about bamboo i'm you know as much as i think there are people focus on the consumer applications and i guess this is in some regard a consumer application i love the the verticals, I love healthcare, education, uh, agriculture, you know, all these interesting subsets of use cases, um, I just find so interesting. So, um, you know, always welcome to come on and share what's going on at Bamboo. And, um, you know, I'm I'm really interested to watch you all continue to keep growing. Because like I said, at the beginning of the conversation, what's so interesting about you all is that not only are you doing so many really cool things, from the ed tech standpoint, but I think you're also a really good representation of, um, sort of like the most, um, sophisticated types of skills that are being built that are really like lending itself to the overall legitimacy of what can really be built on these new platforms.
2: Well, thank you, Dave. It's, it's always fun to spend some time with you. Appreciate you having, uh, us on the
0: podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. You're very welcome. Well, thanks for everybody who tuned in here this week and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.